welcome to episode five of Flixwatcher. I'm Helen. And I'm Kobe. Welcome to this episode of Flixwatcher podcast, where we introduce From Beyond alongside Tom and Todd from The Bitter End. And really recommend you go and check out their show. It's all about following the franchise films to the very end. If you know how many sequels there were to Universal Soldier, then the podcast is for you, basically. Like what you hear? Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. You can find us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and visit the website FlixWatcher.tv for full listings about this particular show. As always, films reviewed in this podcast were available to stream on Netflix UK at the time of recording. There may be bad language and there may be spoilers. You have been warned. Hi and welcome to this edition of Flix Watcher and today we are joined by Todd and Tom. If you want to say hello guys and tell us where we can find you online. Hello there. This is Todd Jordan from the Bitter End podcast. And this is Tom Denny from the Bitter End podcast as well. Where are we Todd? We are on Twitter at Bitter End Pod and we are at Facebook at Bitter End Pod. And more importantly we are here today with Kobe and Helen from Flex Watcher. Hey, thank hey. you very much. But give us a, tell us what your podcast is about briefly. Oh, hey, that's an excellent idea, Tom. Oh, yeah, 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 good stuff. <laughs> Do you want to give it a go? Um, so, like, we are franchise detectives that we pick a film franchise and we decide that we're going to watch it from the very beginning to the very end, no matter how bad and or stupid that may be. <laughs> we take a good idea and we run it into the ground. Like, like the, the people who make these franchises. Like the filmmakers themselves. Yes, yeah. exactly. So... We've been going for about a year. We've done Friday the 13th. There's 12 of them. Highlander. There's eight of them. If you, count, if you count the second one that they made twice. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. We've done The Howling. There's eight, eight of them eight as of well. Them. Wow, that's surprising. That's yeah, surprising. Ooh, there's some dodgy werewolf there's films in there. There's some not so good ones in the middle there. And we've just finished doing Universal Soldier, which there are six of. And absolutely no one knows that there's any past one, I think. Oh, there's some thrills, there's some spills and chills and the occasional psychotic break. <laughs> Sounds awesome. It's a mixed bag. <laughs> <laughs> but today we are here to discuss... From Beyond. Which was chosen by you. Can you tell that I am excited to talk about <laughs> From Beyond? I cannot even begin to think about saying the name of it any other way than with that much with that, with that emphasis why did you pick it and can you give us a lowdown of what happens well man this film is it's just bizarre the day that i saw that this was on netflix <laughs> i think i called in sick i'm a, i'm a really big horror movie fan it's one of the reasons that me and tom started doing the bitter end together is because i really love horror films tom really loves films not horror films not so much like but, 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 but more like, action films and that's not so much your bag and so. Was, yeah so we wanted to do like a cultural exchange and i was like let's dive into friday the 13th together that was the start of our sort of podcast friendship and the thing about from beyond is it's one of the very first horror films i ever watched i think i was probably 12 or 13 i was around a mate's house get it on the vhs pop it in and nothing in the world could have prepared me for what is in this film because everything is in this film. It's, it's, it's very unique, I think. Uh, it's based on a Lovecraft story, isn't it? Yeah, it is a 90-minute movie based off a four-page H.P. Lovecraft short story. I don't know what Love, I don't know what that is. Tell us what it is for the for the listeners. My goodness, H.P. Lovecraft. <laughs> oh, is that a guy? He's a, he's a dude. Oh, he was a dude. He was a slightly problematic, very troubled writer 
who created a bunch of like weird ass apocalyptic American short stories like the Cthulhu mythos and a bunch of other things. This is not his most well-known work. <laughs> so what better place to begin a cinematic journey into the works of H.P. Lovecraft? Right, so let us know what actually happens in, in From Beyond. Give us a... Let's see if you can what sum kind this of one synopsis? Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm going to level with you. It's, it's pretty difficult to put into words the unexplainable. So... There's a dude, an actor called there's an actor called Jeffrey Coombs. He's in a big spooky house, which is six 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 Benevolent Street. I'm sure everything how, will be fine I there. I did not yeah. pick up on that. How That's many amazing. times? I was going to say, how many times have you watched this film to pick up on that? Mm, four or five. <laughs> but you guys are watching horror films wrong if you're not having the number six 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 leap out at you. <laughs> oh yeah. So Jeffrey Coombs is like some sort of scientist. And there's like a cold open in the film. There's no music. He's just work beavering away in his house. He's working on this machine called the Resonator. It's got these four big tuning forks. Can't get it to work. Can't get it to work. He fixes something, changes something, does a little tweak here. Suddenly, boom, the machine springs into life. It makes a big noise, which you might recognize from the Beastie Boys hit Intergalactic because they ah. sampled the noise of the Resonator machine. It's that bring noise. Man, you were picking up all sorts of deep cuts in this. Yeah, no. <laughs> Honestly, this. <laughs> and I, and I really, you know, like you I like the Beastie yeah, Boys more than me. I love, I love Intergalactic. You should have picked up on that. Honestly, man, the screenplay for this movie is carved onto my heart. So it turns out, oh dear, the Resonator. What it does is it. There's parallel universes that are sitting atop our own. We, it's there, but you can't see it. The Resonator blurs the line between our universe and theirs. So when the Resonator is on, it like emits this vibration-y field that makes everything purple, and it makes the monsters that are normally invisible visible. But they can also see you, and they are mean. There's a lot of big floaty fish. In yeah, it yeah that, that, floaty, that, like, floaty eels. Faces. Floaty eel things. I, yeah, I, I mean, I wasn't scared by them. Yeah, so you say, buddy. <laughs> but, so you say. But then, I mean, you look the, like a haunted man to me. The floaty fish are a little bit kind of like, okay, floaty fish galaxy. I think I can deal with that. But then it gets, ooh, it gets a little bit dark. Well, because there's another. Besides everything going really purple when you turn the resonator on, the other weird thing it does is it makes everybody really horny. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> we'll get. We'll, Gets the horny bit in a bit. So. <laughs> but that's a very key point, Cody. It is a very significant horny bit. In this Why film? else did you think I liked this film so much when I was twelve? I, I, I was thinking when you said when you set it up as like you're a twelve year old with a VHS tape. I was just thinking how much has that been worn down in specific <laughs> sections. But then you talked about the cold open, whereby there's well. What was the name of the first scientist guy? I can't remember his character's name, but the actor is a guy called Jeffrey Coombs. So Jeffrey Coombs is there. Playing away, gets it, gets it working, and he calls his matey boy in. Oh my! Yeah, got, yeah, and, Edward Pretorius. Yes, he sounds like a nice guy. So he gets he gets killed in the first in the first, in yeah, the cold so open. Pretorius is like he's the main. He's Pretorius is our hero's boss, and he's like a weird kind of slightly spooky old man guy, and he's like yes. Yes, Jeffrey Coombs. Yes, this is everything we've worked for. The Resonator. Don't you see the big spooky eel monsters? And then one of the monsters bites Jeffrey Coombs on the cheek and an old lady from next door comes running into the house to like shout at them for all the crazy lights and the noise in the middle of the night. She's like, you boys, stop it in there. And then she goes into the room and Pretorius, the old man, is dead on the floor with no head. Jeffrey Coombs is horrified, pale as a sheet. Doctors come and take him away. And he goes, my God. And then big <laughs> words jump on the screen. H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond. 
So I should have taken note of the Lovecraft in there, at least from that from the title. It's a big deal. He's a well, especially because the director Stuart Gordon, their previous film with a lot of the same actors was H.P. Lovecraft's Reanimator, of which Helen's a big, a big fan of uh, Reanimator. I haven't. I think I must have seen it, but a very long time ago. Oh, okay. But I have seen Society, which was <sighs> obviously directed by Brian Yuzna. I so. met Brian Yuzna last year, and I got to have. <laughs> I'm envisioning two now the conversation moment. with him. Yeah, and I only talked to him about From Beyond, which he produced, and what's it called? Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, oh, which he worked shit. on the screenplay yeah. for. Oh, seriously? Yeah, and I got him to sign my copy of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah why nice did you have guy. a copy of Honey, I, Sh- I mean i loved that when i was a, when i was a kid but it's a I, great film yeah that's why uh, i've got it it's a great film yeah. yeah rick moranis rick moranis right much missed from hollywood yeah because he, did, he didn't turn up in the he was the notable absence from the latest uh ghostbusters film yeah well, he, retired. He, he retired yeah um that won't, won't do that i mean Fair play to him for not showing up in the like because the Bill Murray cameo in that Ghostbusters is a not so good. There's a not so good Bill Murray, but the others I'm cool with. The others were cool. Bill Murray was wasted, but we're getting off track. Yeah, so <laughs> so so Tom, as a non-horror fan like myself, I think actually this table's kind of divided by people who are non-horror fans. Tom and Kobe, myself on this side, and on that side we have Helen and Todd. We will fight you. We yeah. know where all the weak spots are. We've seen it in the films. Yeah. And this is, I'm assuming this is the first time you've seen this film This is as well. the first time I've seen it. I've got to say, actually, I, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was just kind of like, whoa, okay, this is crazy. It's, I was trying to think of, I had, I, I had some sort of like thing. It's like. It's very much kind of a bit like Hellraiser. Like, there's a lot of that kind of... It's, it's body horror. It's, you yeah. know, it was peak oh, body, made at the time. Beat. It's like even more body horror than, than maybe Hellraiser. Oh, it's like body Hellraiser meets The Thing. That is, yeah. that is kind of how I would describe it's like... All kind the... of the supernatural meets the body horror, which yeah. is... So like sort yeah like practical body effects and yeah which are so much latex which yeah which are like the guy who's um, playing Doctor Pretorius must have been so sweaty making oh, this God, film because yeah. he is absolutely caked in it but I I mean it's it's brutal it's not for the faint of you know if you were like someone who's like oh I like horror like I like Scream you might not like this because this is a very different bag but like basically like don't they they go into this. <laughs> parallel dimension and everything goes a bit wrong the the goody scientist gets splitting headaches which manifests itself in a very unusual way a little bit later <laughs> on we'll get to that and then there's who's the female lead is she dr pretorius's girlfriend no so i feel like i must interject here Tom. please she's a professional she is a psychiatric professional oh yes because the police I don't know why the police are making this decision. They want to <laughs> lock away our hero, Jeffrey Coombs's character, forever because he won't make any sense. He keeps talking about parallel universes and monsters and resonators. He's a crazy man. And so she has a real chip on her shoulder about schizophrenics because her dad was locked away for her entire childhood as a yes. schizophrenic. And she's like, no, I can save him. I can save him. He's got a second chance. I know... If we go back to the scene of his trauma, relive it, everything will be A-OK. Everything's going to be all right. 
And then the police are like, well, all right, but what we'll do is we'll send Ken Foree, this big badass police officer with you. Oh, yeah, he's who's great. like more batshit insane than literally anybody else in the film. And so they all go along to spend the night in this terrifying house. Yeah. They, and they turn, turn the switch on. Yeah, they, and they turn the resonator <laughs> yeah. back on. Yeah, they're kind of like, well, the last time this was turned on, a guy turned up with no head. So let's see what happens. And oh, it all goes seven shades of wrong. She gets infected with kind of mad lust. It's... Or like lust for the dimension. She's like, when she's in the dimension, she's like, I love this. It's this horny is... insanity. And addictive yeah. as well, because they keep them switching it, switching it off. And she goes and switches it back on again. Yeah, even yeah, she's, though, she gets addicted. Yeah. yeah, even though bad shit happens every time it's it's switched on. She and they switch it off. And every time she goes in there, there's like the monstrous form of Doctor Pretorius. Yes, who lives on in the beyond, and he does not look. All over he him. does not look the same <laughs> as he did in the normal dimension. Yeah. He turns into like a just a big mass of slime and tentacles and oh oh it's not it's it's not a good look helen <laughs> what i i can i can kind of see why you love this film so much i mean it's basically from the same team as reanimator and for its time it's kind of playing around with special effects and what can be achieved and at no point is it presenting itself as anything serious or groundbreaking and it's just basically we had so much fun doing reanimator. Let's come back and you know let's have a crack at this and kind of have a go. We um, we quiz together, and I mentioned to one of our other quiz members that we were doing this, and they said, "I love that film." So I can I can see exactly why and who this appeals to. But yeah, there's a <laughs> I, big buck coming. I mean, I, I I enjoyed it for the most part and. Then I I got a I think it got a little bit repetitive in in the effects and it yeah I kind of lost a little bit of interest towards the end but I I find things I, I do enjoy horror and I find this quite ridiculous and I do <laughs> enjoy like the levels of how far you can kind of take it in its repulsiveness and in in the body horrors you know what can you do with it and. It's it's kind of fun. It has elements that I like, but yeah, it it's not it's not up there. I yeah, it was interesting. I don't think it's like a classic, but it's a lot of fun if you're into like that kind of area of horror, that kind of like really dark, gruesome body horror stuff. I think there's a lot of. I mean, did you actually think it was gruesome though? Because that's one of my kind of things. I just thought it was. Odd. <laughs> it is odd, but aren't odd things more interesting? I mean, when everyone starts getting the, the tentacles coming out of their foreheads. Yeah. The, that's pretty odd. The snake penis type thing. Yeah. And then they go down to the basement and there's like a giant worm that eats the doctor. And then they turn off the machine and then he comes out and he's completely bald. And he's like, <laughs> by that point, you're the just like, The worm ate yeah. his hair off. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Carry on. What else have you got? And um, just bring yeah, it. Yeah. So the worm ate his hair off and then implanted 
the, the no, penis. No, no, no. no it's the effects of the resonator stimulates the pineal gland in your brain, which is the part uh, of your brain responsible the for... third eye. Is it yeah, the third it's the third eye? eye. Ah, so, and so it's yeah. growing. The more time you spend in the field of the resonator, you get this third eye and it eventually goes through your brain and out your forehead and it into the form of a big crazy snake penis. <laughs> okay. And you can only see like through grainy VHS quality, even mm. though it's the third eye. You can only see through... It's not Pred- as helpful as through predator vision, basically. Yeah, and it inexplicably <laughs> makes you suck people's brains out of their eye socket. Yeah, that's. I mean, the first time I saw that, I, I kind of laughed my head off. It's, it's, so it's good, right? <laughs> <laughs> it is kind of like the perfect teenage boy film, in a in a way. It's got mild eroticism, plenty of gore. Penises the mild eroticism in comes out place. of nowhere as well. Like it's, it's very, it well, feels yeah. very tacked on. Where you just kind of like, oh. Oh, okay. So, mm. I felt I felt bad for the actress having to sort of like put on this like ridiculous bondage outfit and kind of grind. And it was extra creepy because the doctor by that point was bald and had his pineal glands. Looks like he's at death's door, and it's just kind of like, what is going on here? This is the kind of, that that's the kind of scene that in betweeners would love to bits. They would, that's the kind of thing they'd be talking about, and just a girl. In leather lingerie, grinding on top of a, a semi-dead man, yeah, a semi-dead with a tentacle growing out of his forehead. It's um, because she spent too much time in the in the field of the resonator, and it's given her horny craziness, guys, and she is addicted to it. It's just science. It's just you know, like that's just science, isn't it? I um, I spoke to her on email. Did you? Um, what's, yeah. her, what's her name? Barbara Crampton. She's a bit of a legend, and I. I only had a couple of questions with her, like it was it was part of a Q&A thing. And there was a rumor that she got to keep the, the crazy bondage outfit. And so I was just asking if that was true because it sounded like rubbish. Uh, and she kept it and she sold it in her neighborhood garage sale. Oh, really? Yeah. So there is some fan bigger than you who is now the proud owner of this, probably. Yeah, I mean, that is some that is beyond memorabilia for me. I'll, I'll be happy with the Blu-ray. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, and unless it wasn't even like someone who's kind of like they just came along and just they're kind of like, oh, they were like, I'll take that. It's like, yeah, I wore that on uh, on From Beyond. It's like, you what? Shut up and take my money. You're, you're an actress. <laughs> I don't care. I just think this is gonna fit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. How did you feel about yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> As a total non-horror fan, I want to know your what my thoughts were. I were guess you I don't bored? know. Sorry. Were you bored? Is what I'd like to know. <laughs> I don't think bored. No, I wasn't bored. I was just always thinking, oh, what, what the actual fuck is going on here? And it didn't really interest. I just kept, I just kept repeating, yeah, what the fuck's going on? Why is this? Why am I watching this? And I didn't hate it. I just thought it was weird, and it didn't really entice me into thinking that I wanted to watch it again. I didn't find it particularly gory, but I don't know if it's a. I was. That's why I, I was quite interested in yourself, Tom, in terms of you watching it for the first time this time. If you thought. This is very, very much of its time in terms of the effects and the late, the amount of latex and the amount of slime that just slather over things. Because nowadays that would have been done with eons and eons of CGI and and, stuff, and, it, and it would, have, it would have had a completely different feel and effect. So I think it's kind I, of benefited I, from this. Yeah, I think this is way better than if, like, if they made this now and did it with CGI. It would, I don't, it I don't think it has the impact because, like, no matter how good you make something look, you know it's not there. And there is something about 
watching something like this with like some <laughs> people, some team of weird guys with like their little joysticks and animatronics and latex have made this like crazy deformed demon mutant man with a tentacle in his face. And I appreciate that. And it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it's more, it would, it, I don't know. I didn't, it would not, it would not have worked at all in CGI completely. I, I just don't think you, I just, I think you just be like, cool. Okay. Whatever. I've seen, go and see weird, cgi unimaginable things all the time that's what cinema is now so like to see someone actually like hand render this vision from beyond i i appreciated it i was i was just like cool where are they going to go with this next like it, yeah it didn't make yeah. any sense it's kind of like okay cool like, you've got me for another you know you've got me here for, for you got me bit. here for 18 minutes <laughs> i'm happy to go where you want to go so i mean the the effects were, I think the effects were very, when did this come out? 80, 80? 86. So, I mean, it, it basically comes from a period where anyone in horror was just trying to create the maddest shit that they could. Yeah. So, you know, you've got Amer American Werewolf and you've got The Thing and then you've kind of got a little bit later Total Recall or just trying to do like completely mad stuff. And, you know, watching it for its time when you kind of watch these films then you're like, Oh, this is really weird. How how does it happen? And watching it now, I mean, it is obviously dated, but I still kind of enjoy seeing what they were thinking, what they were doing, and they were just kind of trying to push the technology they had and just kind of push the bizarreness and just really, really go for it in in same ways <laughs> that no one really does anything like that anymore. Like, no, it's it true. just it doesn't. Horror films these days don't really have that kind of bizarre like unrealness but it's still kind of real because it's it's that guy's face but it's kind of been twisted and weird and they've exploded him but like his eyes are still looking at you it has that kind of weirdness whereas science fiction horror hasn't really moved it hasn't it doesn't really do that anymore it doesn't kind of push it it's just like oh here's some cgi or his but, some blood or something it's i mean the difference between this one and the films that you mentioned there like american werewolf in paris uh, in london that transformation scene was fucking was brilliant yeah and i don't i think there's more going on in from beyond than there is there's a lot more goo and there's a lot more kind of latex and stuff so they're probably trying to take it to the nth degree they're trying to turn it to 11 in this one but i think how they did it in 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 werewolf was the exact right amount of like let's turn this shit up and i thought i still what's that now i do i don't know maybe i'm saying maybe i'm selling myself short when i said i don't like horror if someone says mm. to me let's watch a horror film i'd probably say nah i can't be asked but if someone said let's watch american werewolf in london i'd be like yeah even though that, that is a horror film like through and through really isn't it horror comedy maybe i i think you i think you need to reinvent your i don't like horror saying genres I, yeah i don't I, like bad films <laughs> yeah, sorry Todd Tom, Tom started suddenly looking very uh... no like because I, I wait like I am less of a horror fan than you but I do like watching like like you know I really enjoyed this like I've enjoyed some of like the Hellraisers and like the thing and like I do really like the stuff that has this very like the practical effect stuff because it's like you were saying that like people don't do this anymore mm. so it's kind of dated but also at the same time i don't it's not so dated that it's you not can't, dated it's that not you can't watch it and and you really it's not like watching logan's run like that looks dated and that's like, hard to watch for, I think. yeah that is whoa okay that's that's kind of ridiculous that's... there is a thing with the practical effects 
they date a lot better than the than the CGI ones. If you look oh, at definitely. if you look at Tron, the first Tron, for example. Yeah, that's a painful watch. But I mean, even watching like the first Harry Potter films yeah. and stuff like that, when they're on a broomstick, it's like, oh, no, fucking hell, here no, we no, go. It's, it's like a video crap. game cutscene. Like uh, uh, Jumanji's one that sticks out to me when you see the monkeys dancing in the kitchen. You just think. Well, I mean, they're not there, are they? There's, just hire a monkey. Yeah, just, just get some monkeys. Monkey. The, the, the worst, like, CGI to practical thing I've ever seen was, like, the really high-res version of one of the Hobbit films. Really? You know, like, when... The barrel riding scene, by any chance? No, not where they went, like, on a GoPro, like, whitewater rafting <laughs> thing. I think it was the... It's the one with the bear in it. Which one's got the bear in it? I think that's the same one as the barrel riding scene, but uh, second, oh, the second I Hobbit film. It's, it's so long, it could easily be like yeah. at least six but films. That, that whole thing that like where Peter Jackson was kind of like, I'm going to film it in like a super high frame rate. It's going to be awesome. And then it was kind of like, actually, it looks like television. But yeah, that's the it, first one came out. And everything looked like either, like the bits with real life actors looked like the BBC's Chronicles of Narnia from like the 80s, where you're kind of like, I can, I can see the guy from the Yellow Pages advert with his prosthetic nose and his stick-on beard. And then suddenly it went into like, like a cutscene from World of Warcraft. And then it went back to kind of like, oh, I could see Ian McKellen's fake nose. <laughs> like it was really yeah. so, ju- and in 3D. So every now and then a bee would fly at the camera and be like, whoa, I'm a bee. And it's kind of like... Oh, we didn't need to do this, did we? Sorry, Todd, I know you like those films. But it's nice. interesting you to say Peter Jackson because obviously he made his mark with Bad Taste yeah. and Brain yeah. Dead, which mm. I imagine he got some inspiration from watching films like this because, you know, they, they are kind of brilliant. Yeah. And gross. And, you know, he was always trying to kind of pushing what he could do as well. And eventually he obviously moved over to CGI, but he started off very much messing around with latex and gore i think for me one of the one of the key things is as you mentioned there that it's it's a little bit gross it's a little bit extreme it's a little bit all kinds of things and that for me for better or worse i think it's you're gonna watch it and you're gonna think something you know there's, <laughs> I, I find it very hard yeah. to believe that anyone could sit through the 90 minutes of this film and just go ah meh Oh, I didn't like it. I didn't hate it. It's just you know, it was nothing. It's it's not a, it's not a, a digestive biscuit of a film. You know, it's like a licorice all sort. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not a passive film, is it? It's, yeah, no, yeah. It's, not at all. And, and, and it is only ninety minutes, so credit credit to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You do get the because you said like that the story was like four pages long. There's a lot of kind of like, should we bulk out the show, real lads? <laughs> like between like the guys and the special effects it's like what have we got the rights to four pages of Lovecraft yeah we can stretch that out to 90 minutes I've got all kinds of stuff I want to try out and honestly you can just really the the fun that they were all having I think yeah you can tell they're having fun there the, screen. Mm. the cast is small but everyone plays it with so much enthusiasm Ken Foree who plays the cop who's like completely mad and supposed to be like the muscle he's he never ever stops like just killing it yeah. he's hilarious yeah. yeah barbara crampton in the in the female lead she's like this complicated she's meant to be like a studious scientist but then she gets addicted to the sex force field it's not the best role that's ever been written but my god she really throws her back into it you know everyone is just amazing and you know the music and the sets it's, everything's really lush and 
done on a budget and it just looks like the most fun place to hang out like if i could live backstage on a film shoot it'd be this one you could do a lot worse you could have, i mean you could have some, you could have some fun playing with the latex like some globules. Like some globules. Oh, the rap party must have been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we've got all this slime left over. Yeah. <laughs> There's, I know, I like the Kemper, what's his name? Kemper Ree. When he died, I thought that was quite, I quite like that. Not the, not the fact he died, but the way he died and he's kind of, kind of melting into the floor with his, with his, with his uh, American football shirt still kind of clinging to him and his ribs exposed and his, his face, you could tell like how they filmed it. His head was like sticking through the floorboards yeah. and all the kind of animatronics were kind of squealing and squelching around him. It's a very unfortunate end. He gets eaten by a bunch of evil bees. Yes. Yeah, hold on. This is one thing I didn't understand <laughs> because the bees are attacking the two other guys. Yeah. And then they go onto him and he gets, he gets. It's because he drops his desiccated. torch, Toby. He's got this torch that he's flashing around because there's all this purple light coming from the resonator. He wants to see it more clearly. So he's like trying to help them. He's, he's like, let me just put my torch down. He drops his torch. It shines in his face. And then all of the bees are apparently attracted to the light. <laughs> and they, they like swamp him and he tries to bat them away. And no point does he think if I take like a step to the left or right, I will be out of the beam of this tiny handheld torch. He's like, no, I'm standing my ground. But then he gets eaten by the evil bees. Yeah. It's like, no bees are tougher than me. Oh, 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 they are. Oh, 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 no, I not, forgot my, they not were my American bees. football jersey. No. They're bees from beyond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a real a real tearjerker when Ken goes. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel sorry for you. Every every single time you've seen it, it's a little, no, man. A little bead. Yeah. Forms in the corner of your pull, eye. Pull one out for. Pull one out for. Pull Ken. one out. <laughs> <laughs> pull one out for a brother. That's, that's kind of querying. Do we ever find out what does happen to the head? It's never really resolved, is it? I think it's just where he's going. He doesn't need a head anymore. Okay. Or is his head like the seed for the rest of his body on the other side? It might does it be kind that. of stem? Does it? Does he grow from the neck down then? There's a few into lines the... about how he, he, once he once evil Dr. Pretorius moves from our world into the, the beyond world, thanks to the resonator opening the gateway. When he comes back, he makes a few lines about how bodies change. You know, they'll grow old, they'll die, but his mind will live forever. And so every scene we see him, his body has become a little bit more... Disfigured. For want of a yeah. better word, messed up. Just because you don't know what he's doing all the time that we can't see him in the From Beyond world. You don't know what he's doing there. We yeah. don't know what he's doing there. We don't know what's going on. And there's a classic line from it, which was on the poster for this. When he comes back, he says, humans are such easy prey, which makes me think that when he's on the other, on the other side, you know, maybe he's, he's kind of dominant there. He's like hunting all of these other monsters. He's building an army, but maybe there's even bigger, crazier, more monstrous things that are hunting him and, you know, messing his face up. I don't know. I think you thought about, I don't know. Have you read into that a lot of that's what, that's what you've taken from nah, it? Nah, man. Just, that's it. Just, just going wild. Do you reckon this inspired the, have you guys seen Stranger Things? I have. Do you reckon that might have inspired a bit of the, the upside down? I certainly do. I, yeah, I think if you remove the bits of Stranger Things that were inspired by all 80s incredibly Spielberg. prominent 80s horror works yeah. then the entire series would have been about 30 seconds long <laughs> which is not a bad thing because i thought it was a cool series yeah i think like the i do like the like the parallel dimensions vibe going on here and i like that it doesn't 
answer all the questions. You know, like you've just been able to kind of like free freewheeling kind of like, <laughs> oh, so maybe there's this, there's this thing and there's like, you know, like I like, it's good like when you get films that can strike that balance of like answering enough questions and leaving a lot enough things open-ended for like the audio you know not not like open-ended is like wink to the camera there's going to be a sequel but in like kind of like well, what the fuck was that that was cool oh they don't explain that and then you can kind of draw your own conclusions like a lot of stuff in um there was so much stuff in the last mad max film you know like imagery where you're just kind of like what was that no idea no explanation but cool i appreciate that like <laughs> I, you know, I mean, as in what? What was that character? What was that person? What was that? Yeah, like this. Like, yeah, say, like, lots... like in that the last Mad Max, where they go through like this kind of like black swamp land, yeah, and yeah. there's all these people walking around on, on stilts, stilts, yeah, and then and then it's gone, and that's like like less than a second, few, it's a few seconds in the film, and then it's gone, and like it's like with this that they kind of find this other dimension, but they still don't know. They don't know why it makes everybody really sexy and get like. <laughs> You know, get like, the freak on yeah and like get like the little doesn't feel the need to explain everything or go into great detail to make sure you've understood it and this is why this is happening and yeah this is happening because of this and like some films you need like some films is like, like yeah but could, could you just let me know why but with this you just kind of like it's gonna let them let yeah, them let, let them have their fun me, yeah. like so much pink goo because oh. i had no idea that was when you talk when you get the synopsis at the top end i had no idea that there was that's how it works with the two dimensions melded together and only visible via mm. the resin. I didn't re- I didn't realize that was what was going on. I thought I don't know what I don't know where I thought the eagles came from. And I didn't know where he went mm. Dr. Pretorius went when it wasn't on. Yeah. Well, it's a bit of an allegory like I'm I'm going to lay some heavy shit on you. Okay, I, well. <laughs> I think it's genuinely a bit of an allegory for um the early stages of medicine and those doctors who worked out about bacteria yeah. and germs and trying to convince their colleagues to wash their hands basically because there's these invisible monsters that will kill you if you don't do this thing and you can't see them because we don't really have microscopes yet but i know that they're there and you just have to do this thing and there's this guy i forget the guy's name sorry someone's gonna know the name and be like i can't believe you don't know but um you know, he knew it and it was killing people and no one would listen to him. And that was the guy, was that the guy specifically with um, the pregnant ladies? Yes. Yeah. So uh, I did, I did GCSE history, <laughs> history of history of medicine. Um, yeah. So I really loved that kind of story. And I loved, cause that's, a, it is a crazy thing. If you think nowadays, that, yeah. yeah, nowadays you just think, yeah, there's germs, mm. like wash your hands, man. But, <laughs> and it's nice in this, it's very self-contained because obviously they don't have the budget to like shoot many days outside of the house they're in and they don't have that much cast there isn't like all this going no but you've got to listen to me scientific community like it's just well they had two sets basically didn't they yeah and they kept them flipping flopping between them both yeah i think that's i think that's one thing that irritates me a bit is like why are you going back there again are you going to (laughs) the place again oh yeah and that place again (laughs) we've got it booked for another day we'll just (laughs) shoot some stuff around it and it'll be fine yeah, so I, I like the idea of that there's these monsters all around us, but we just can't see them. I like the way you're thinking about this. I, do, I generally do think I like the way you're thinking around it. I should watch it again. Um, I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like the way you're thinking about it and alluding to how germs were discovered. I like it. So I'm going to give it maybe one more point in the category. Yes! <laughs> for that one reason. Talking it up, dude. Good stuff. <laughs> this is what I'm here for. I think it's time to give some scoring. Cool. So you guys are going to have to talk us through the categories again. So first up, we have the... 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Recommendability score. Yep. So this is, so this is kind of. I always think this is the score. So you know, it's rolled rolled to the end on Netflix, and your star rating comes up, and uh, you're giving it your stars, and it's like how likely you are to recommend this to a friend, and we do allow point. If yeah. you if you can't decide on a this a is an Excel score. spreadsheet, so it works to however many however many decimal places you want. Okay, can I go first? Should I go yeah, first? Yes, please. Top. I'm gonna have to give it a four point five. There's very very few people that I think should not watch this film. Um, if we, if I'm, you didn't know me before we did this podcast, would you recommend this to me? I would absolutely okay. recommend it to you because, dude, you made it out the viewing. You're alive. Didn't kill you. Hold on, what kind of films kill you though? That's not. Well, a record, I, that's I know not a the... couple of people that are super duper squeamish. And oh, okay. Just, it would have traumatized them. They're the zero point five that I've reserved it for. Okay. Everybody else, it's only ninety minutes, right? And you'll come out of it a richer person. Or if not, it's only ninety minutes. Doesn't matter. Give it a punt. That's my. That's my take. Similar. I've got a similar outlook to you, but I'd probably go for a four because I think that like. The, the window of people who don't want to watch this film is probably slightly bigger than you might think. Traitor. I sat and watched this on my own because my wife was out. If she had seen this film, fuck me, no. She would <laughs> not like this at all. But I, I was well into it. So um, I'd be like, you know, like if, if you can hack something scary or gory, I mean, it's not, it's not even that it's gory. Not, it's not scary. It's just, that's what, that's what it's just kind of gross it's just a bit grim you know well, i don't know this is a bit of a lie it's a romp in it it's just a, it's just a 90 minute romp to the end five Give it a... you're making it sound like a carry-on film <laughs> yes yeah there, there are moments that would not be out of place in in a carry-on film well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true, actually. yeah like the whole kind of like the sex dungeon bit you know you could just imagine sid james just barging in just, <laughs> I think that's one a big of... tentacle coming out of his forehead. <laughs> Go on, Helen. I, mean, I, th- I think initially I, I was kind of a little bit harsh when I think when I first watched it, and now we've sort of talked about it and kind of gone back over it. I don't know who I would recommend it to, seen as the only person who I would has already seen it. I can't imagine any of my friends would find anything to enjoy in this but I, i'm gonna give it a 2.5 <laughs> so what were you gonna give it well, i was gonna kind of give it a two all so right okay. kind of up to a little bit but i <laughs> i can't the sorry. face todd is pulling yeah i mean i <laughs> i honestly don't know anyone who would enjoy no, it yeah i mean it's I, me you know me <laughs> I know, but you've already seen it five times so you you don't need telling i i don't know it's, it's slightly obscure in the sort of horror art from that era that you know it's it's very it's not particularly well known as some of the other ones and it's just that a little bit too obscure i think to kind of get that gen i think there there are a lot more uh sort of coherent films from that time uh, kind of 
achieve a little bit better. Yeah, it's just, I feel it's just a little bit incoherent to, to recommend as a three. I'm really sorry. <laughs> 2.5. It's right. It's all right. I've been dealing with this for a long time. Nobody understands me. But yet you keep enforcing on them. I didn't force it. You asked me for a film. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't force it on anyone. I'm, I think I was... I came in here and it was going to be it was going to be a cold a stone cold two, and you have convinced me a bit to raise up to a two point five. <laughs> yes, <laughs> go team from beyond. I can't I can't think of anyone who I would recommend it to. And like you're saying, Tom, the man on the street. If, if, if my wife was if I watched this by myself, and there's some films in the series when we've been watching this for for Flix Watcher, and I just look down the list and think. Yeah, I have to watch it by myself. No, there's no way. I've got to find an hour and a half yeah. to myself. Isn't no way. No way. She's going to, uh, Sarah's going to be even slightly into this. So, um, yeah, 2.5. Let's go into the next one. Repeat viewing score. How, I mean, Todd, I think I know where abouts in the spectrum this is going to fall. Well, to be fair, I watched it first time when I was about 12. I'm 33 now. And I've watched it maybe five times. So I don't think I can watch it again and again and again and again but oh maybe once every couple of years right what does once every couple of years equate to in the five point scale whatever your heart feels 3.5 is that fair i would say a five is like once every year Mm. 3.5 i'm giving it 3.5 i'm standing by that tom i'm gonna give it a three i don't think necessarily that I would watch it again on my own. But if it was a case of like having a few beers and watching it with some friends, I would have no qualms popping it on because it's just because it is just a bit daft and silly. Like, you know, I think if you've seen it, well, you know, I not like it's a casual thing to pop on in the background, but I'd give it another, I'd have another once round with some other people, maybe with some people who hadn't seen it, just so I could watch and see what they did. I like that in a film, just being kind of like, just like, hmm, how are you? Oh, something's good coming up in a minute. I did that with my wife and Game of Thrones. We did the whole season of Game of Thrones and when it comes to the Red Wedding, I took a, st- I took a step back <laughs> so I could see the, the TV and the reaction at the same kind of time. I was just like, Yes, that's what I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> Helen. I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to give it a one. A one? I know. I mean, I'm not going to watch it again. It's What What I am going to watch is reanimated, though. So it... Strong. <laughs> it's kind of made me go, I, I kind of want to see what they got up to in have that. Have you seen reanimated two or three? I haven't, no. Oh, they're a doozy. Yeah, you should do. So, I mean, it's kind of... What it has done, although I don't want to see this again, it has kind of gone, yeah, I kind of want to watch some of those body horror films that I watched when I was younger and some of them that I missed out on. So if if it hasn't made me want to watch it again, it has kind of reinvigorated my interest in that era. So one. It's still a one, sorry. <laughs> I can live with that. I'm going to give it a 1.25. <laughs> 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 Thanks, buddy. I need everything I can get. It's the, uh, I think the two five, I think Tom convinced, uh, if, it, if it was at a party or the guys were on together and there's one other person had seen it and we decided to put it on there, I would watch it to see what other people thought. And that's where the point two five comes from. 
outside of that scenario, I don't think I'll watch it again. Fair enough. Noted. Small screen score. So this is how how well does it work on a small screen? Do you do you feel the need to have watched it in the cinema? Well, I never got to see it in the cinema. When you say small screen, do you mean TV or do you mean smartphone? Well, TV. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we were talking like, so, you know, does it work in the arena of being ne- on Netflix? On Netflix. Yeah. I got it. Okay. Well, I think it does. It's the only way I've ever seen this film. And I would pay upwards of £135 for a ticket to see this in a cinema. So you do want to see it in the cinema? I would like to. But I never have, and I still love it. So I think that the damage is done off of purely, you know, tiny little square TVs from the 90s and, true, and, and beyond. It? And beyond. So I'm going to have to go for a four. Okay. I can see this being, if this was at Prince Charles, there would be a gang of people loving it. Yeah, and they would all, see that. We, we would have a lot in common yeah. those people. <laughs> Yeah, if like this, if there was a cinema screening of this tomorrow, I would 100% go because I think it would be awesome to see on a big screen. I watched it on a regular telly and that was absolutely fine. I'd imagine watching it on a phone would be a waste of time. Like just, I think that you'd lose all the impact of like all the practical effects and then you'd find the things that didn't have crazy effects a bit boring. So I'd give it a three. Helen? I'm going to give it a four in this category, mainly because I think seeing it on the big screen would kind of point out the sort of datedness of the effects and be a bit of a shame. But also mainly because one of the things about Netflix is every now and again, something will pop up and it'll be, oh my God, I had that on VHS or I remember seeing that round someone's house on VHS when I was 12 and now I get to watch it again. And I, I think that's kind of the area that, is kind of really interesting you can go back in and see these films that either you watch when you were young or you kind of missed out on and um i think it's, it's kind of be it's going to be a discovery for quite a lot of people who were fans of that era and maybe missed it or mm. had, have kind of heard about it and have never seen it so um yeah in, investigate on the small screen <laughs> don't pay any more than netflix subscription for it basically <laughs> or 135 pounds or, if, yeah, if, if you I mean, wish to that's I mean, me honestly yeah that's it's a bit it's a bit steep yeah, I think it's, it looks good on the small screen. Don't want to watch it in the cinema. Four. <laughs> and the engagement score, how engaged were you whilst watching it? Were you playing on, on your phone? Were you checking Wikipedia? Were you... When I first watched it, I was absolutely riveted. Right. Could not tear my eyes off. When I watched it just recently in, in the run-up to this podcast, I was on my phone, but I was looking up trivia. <laughs> Which you brought to film. us, which you brought to us, which is very much appreciated. Yeah. So give so, us like an amalgamation score of the times you've watched it then. Well, man, I mean, all I can do is talk for myself, right? And I, I get that my view on these kinds of films is not going to be everybody's, but I can only speak for myself. I'm going to give it a 4.75 and I mean it. I why why is it not five? It's not a five because... I think there's just something about this film that makes me excited to be alive. And when it's on, I kind of want to like text all my friends and look out the window and just run and tell everybody. Like it's almost before the film is over, even I want to tell everybody about the film. So what you're describing there is what typically would be in a rom-com about when a guy first meets a, first meets a girl and they want to scream from the, t- from the rooftops. And that's what you're, dis- you're in love with this film, basically. I'm in love with this film. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. How do you follow that? <laughs> yeah, very difficult. I would say it's like a 4.5 for me. Like, I don't know if part of this was also just like influenced by me and Todd's friendship. I was watching this and being like, my God, this is just like my friend made film. <laughs> So I was like texting you probably halfway through and be like, I'm what I think I did. I was like, I'm watching it. And you were like, oh my God. It's like, oh my God, there's like Hellraiser music. Ah. So the point five uh, taken off of that is probably your fault for making me text you. That's on me. That's on <laughs> um, me, buddy. But yeah, like it's, uh, you don't know what's coming next. So I was kind of like, yeah, okay, cool. Take, take me on your ride. Um, I'm going to give it 3.5. I, Towards the end, I got a, a little a little bit distracted, and I did do a, a little bit of IMDb and went, "Oh yeah, so it is the reanimated crew." So that was there, but yeah, I mean, I kind of stuck with it, and you know, it did find it entertaining throughout. And you know, norm. There's been a couple of films we've reviewed where, towards the end, I, I've you know, I kind of given up a little bit, and you know, checking the emails has kind of happened. Sorry, films, but um, yeah, no, I stuck with it. Um, 3.5. I'm getting a bit a three. Yeah, I don't actually remember what happened at the end. So that kind of mean that kind of sense to me. I don't know why I don't remember what happened at the end, but that's kind of seems to me that. Well, she she ends up blocked up. Did the, she loses did the house her explode? Mind. The house explodes. They jump out a window, and, yeah. all, the oh, yeah. and, and all the neighbors. Have oh, a that's look. right. Yeah, the and neighbors she come laughs, up, and that's it. No, but she is she laughing or crying because her, her her legs are. A bit of both, exactly. I feel. Yeah. yeah. That's it. It's just house exposed. She's crying. They go, we'll get you some help. Starts laughing. Starts <laughs> crying. Laughing, crying, laughing, crying. Credits roll. Credits roll. Booyah. So that gives us a total score of 3.3. I think that's respectable. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a lot higher than I thought it was Yeah, I was, actually. I think <laughs> you've, sold, you've sold us a bit. You it's should like be, the little you movie a lawyer? that could. Are you a, are you, <laughs> are you a lawyer? I'm just, you can, a, you just one dedicated fan. Convince Kobe. people for a living. Todd has uh, stocks in the Blu-ray re-release of this film. <laughs> and he's just really trying to push it. It is available now from all good retailers. And also on Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, watch on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. Don't pay the extra. Just watch on Netflix. No, just stop it. Cheers, guys. Just quickly remind us who you are, where you're from, and where we can find you. I'm Tom from the Bitter End Podcast. And I am Todd, also from the Bitter End Podcast. And you can find us on iTunes. Just search for The Bitter End. We are there talking about silly films one after the other. Yep, and you can tweet us at Bitter End Pod or find us on Facebook at Bitter End Pod. That's brilliant. Thanks a lot. Cheers, guys. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that show there with Tom and Todd from the Bitter End Podcast, where we're talking about and dissecting in quite a lot of detail from beyond the 80s body horror film. Thank you guys for being on there. Please go and check them out. And all the details to find them are in the show notes. But before we go, we have to say thank you, of course, and always with pleasure to GL Productions. That's Tony, Greg and Jay for their sweet editing skills and advice on podcasting. And to the mighty people, mighty people who you can find on SoundCloud and they're providing all the tunes for this podcast, which is super kind of them. So go and listen to their tunes when you have a moment. When you have a moment more, come and see us on iTunes. Subscribe to us, review us and share us with your friends. Come and join us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and please visit our website for any other news and views and interactions with us. You can find us at www.FlixWatcher.tv. That's simple. Bye.